Hello, and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast where we bring together people, ideas, cultures, experiences, and put them into a place where we can learn about and explore this amazing world of ours. So it's glad to be back for another episode, as it's been a while since a lot of things have been going on lately, and it's been difficult to put episodes together. But for today's episode, I have my father back, and we're going to discuss another um, additional topic from his business experiences that we previously covered. And tonight's topic, we're going to talk about his interactions with other foreign business people in the Far East. So, Dad, it's great to have you back today. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting after discussing with you uh, recently, it, you brought up a good point about what it was like to work with or interact with other uh, foreign business people while you were in the Far East, because we've discussed what it's like to deal with the locals, but it must have been also interesting dealing with other foreign uh, nationals from different business backgrounds. Yeah, it was actually, <clears throat> it, was, it was quite enjoyable on a lot of levels, because you know when you're in a foreign country, you know, like the Far East, whether it's Taiwan, China, Indonesia, you know, Korea and other places. Um, it's good to see kind of a familiar face. Most Americans come from either Britain or Europe, you know, or Scandinavian countries. And we all kind of kind of look the same. So, you know, there's a certain familiarity and a certain, I guess, comfort level in that when you run into other business people, um, either in hotels, restaurants, you know, or in the general environment kind of gives you a connection, um, you know, to the experience, you know, of just, hey, that person, I can actually talk to this person in a way that I would kind of back in the States. Oh, I see. Oh, I see and I can completely relate. It was like that when I was over, overseas as well. I mean, it's not like you need that, but it's like, oh, a familiar face. It is kind of a feeling of a little more of a, it's just a little comforting and kind of a feeling of maybe something more familiar and being back home to an extent, you could say. Yeah, and it's, you know, it gives you an opportunity to also be able to get perspectives, you know, from them, because the folks that you run into, of course, you run into people from the US, you run into people from um, Europe, the UK, um, I mean, I, pretty much all over the world that come to do business, you know, manufacturing wise, um, in, in the Far East. So it's, it's a great opportunity to get different, you know, world perspectives from people that aren't necessarily from the U.S. Yeah, that actually uh, leads us into our first big uh, point for this evening, and that would be what were some of the first impressions that you got from a lot of these uh, business types uh, or people from different countries that you interacted with? Well, first and foremost, I think that, you know, from a level of familiarity, you know, running into people in the industry that I was in at that time, you know, you know footwear and import of footwear, you know, from the Far East to the U.S., you, know, you run into competitors, people you've known in the business, um, and that's an opportunity to kind of say, hey, I've seen you at a trade show. Hey, I've seen you at this particular, you know, at Walmart in, you know, Fayetteville, Arkansas, or something like that. So it gives you kind of an immediate connection where then you can, you can talk about what that person is doing or what their group is doing over there, how it relates to you, or how it may be different. So I think that's probably a good place to start. See, no, that makes com complete sense. So, I mean, so a lot of these first impressions would be just like, you know, seeing them, talking to them, more, casu more casual in nature, you could say. Yeah, I think most of the encounters probably happened in the hotels. 
you know, the days were long. You're usually, you know, out in the morning early, you know, especially if you had to travel, you know, out to a particular factory or, you know, sample, you know, development facility, which was usually attached to a factory. But a lot of times the factories had, uh, you know, relationships with other companies that weren't your own. So you'd run into these people there and it was, you, you had the ability to be able to talk shop. Um, obviously, you know, being careful not to, you know, to give away any competitive information um, or anything like that that you were doing, you know, at the time. But still, it was an opportunity then to say, hey, what hotel are you staying at? I'm staying at there. So, hey, let's, you know, get together for a cocktail or, you know, if you didn't have dinner going on with one of the suppliers or factory people or whatever, or if you were staying at the same hotel. That's when I ran into, you know, a lot of folks that were in the same industry as well as other industries. So I think first impressions wise is it was just in the early years of going over there, it was, it was great to be able to run into those folks because as I said, it was a level of familiarity and you were able to kind of talk about, you know, your impressions, you know, whether they were kind of new to traveling over there or whether they've been traveling over there for a while. So it was a way to get kind of, you know, tips, everything from kind of how, how you, uh, how you kind of navigate the environment, navigate the relationships uh, to, you know, just general interactions. It gave, it, it gave you a sense that you were kind of, a, there was a little bit of home there, especially with the people who were from the U.S. I see. That makes total sense. I mean, from my experiences, I've met a lot, I've also met a decent number of, you know, people from other countries, the U.S., while I've, while I've stayed in hotels overseas as well. And it is kind of a nice time, especially in that off time to kind of just mingle chat and you can learn a lot and then they can, you can learn a lot. They can also learn a lot while at the same time, especially if there's any competitive competitiveness going on, you, you can, you know, maintain your secrecy on whatever you need to do business wise. Yeah. But I do think that's a nice added bonus because you never know who you're going to run into when you're, when you're over there. Absolutely. And then there's the, the folks that are from the UK or Europe or other parts of the country that come to do business there, either in the same field. You know, I ran into people from Canada um, on some of my earlier trips that I had actually had met going up to Canada for trade shows. So that was kind of interesting because it gave you an opportunity to be able to kind of see if there was anything that you could do together. Um, because it wasn't just people from my side of the business it wasn't just you know suppliers or you know development houses you know that were selling you know or brokering product uh, from you know from the far east to the u.s there was also people who were who were buyers you know because the buyers would take trips too to inspect factories and to you know ensure that you know their direct orders things they had done exclusively internally you know were in a position you know that they could make sure everything was on schedule, that kind of thing. So it was an opportunity to be able to forge business relationships as well. Um, not so much on the UK or the Europe side, because really didn't do the company I was with, the companies that I you know, was with, a few different companies, you know, did business exclusively in the US and Canada. Um, but there was a number of occasions where I ran into buyers from Canada that we already had relationships with. And the first company that I was with, Elon Polo, which is still, still around and still based in St. Louis. So that was an opportunity to kind of, you know, add a little bit of spice to the sales process and, um, you know, kind of see what they were doing, what they needed, and maybe even set up something back in the States. 
So that was a good experience. And you kind of really helped to build those relationships in that way from, you know, the more Western side of the hemisphere. But the folks that I ran in first impression wise uh, from Europe and UK in particular, it was, it was, there was a lot more social element. You'd meet them in the hotels, as I said, primarily. It was usually in the restaurant or in the, in the, um, you know, in the bar usually because people would go there because, you know, they were outside of their normal routine and it was an opportunity to be able to, you know, sing karaoke or, you know, listen to whatever band was there, if there was one. And they gave you an opportunity to kind of get people's impressions, you know, of what they did if it was different than what you did. Because a lot of the folks I ran into from Europe and UK in particular, you know, some of them were in the shoe business, you know, higher end. There was one particular gentleman I met in, in China at one particular hotel that I ran to him more than once. And it was an opportunity to kind of say, hey, how are you doing? Um, how's business, of course. And then to kind of talk about, you know, impressions, depending on the time, you know, that, and I believe that particular example, that person, was more in the the mid to late nineties, and it was I think during the, I think it was, it was kind of more. There was it, it always kind of seemed to connect to you know what's going on in the U.S. You know the different talk, talking about politics, you know talking about um, the economy at that particular time, which I think in the in the nineties it was um, a combination of Bill Clinton and then. Um, George Bush as the president. So in the George Bush years in particular, you know, there was a lot of questions, you know, about what's going on in the United States uh, and how that kind of would affect, you know, folks that were quote in NATO, you know, or the, you know, the people that, uh, you know, that were, were allies, particularly the Brits. And the Brits were always a lot of fun too, because, you know, they, they knew how to have a good time and blow off steam as well. <laughs> talk about, you know, talk about the, uh, you know, their, their experiences of being there. And I think that's what really, it really helped me to kind of bridge in the early years, kind of people who had a little bit more experience in traveling in, in the Far East and kind of gain some pointers and some tips and some just general interactivity, things to be aware of. I see. Yeah, that actually, and that's, you know, that's quite pretty interesting in how you were able to do, you know, do that and also just what you learned, what you discussed and, you know, what, and just, you know, of course, you know, it makes more sense to you. There are more, you were able to do more with Americans, especially if they were in solar industries, but at the same time, the Europeans and the, you know, are, were also quite interesting. And you got a lot out of interactions with them. And that actually kind of brings into the next topic is like, you know, you kind of touched on is, you know, the different interactions, especially the, the people you met once, but also these people that you've met repetitively and you, you know, build up, built up a bit of rapport with them, you could say. Yeah, yeah there was, um, <clears throat> I think it was probably in the early 2000s, I think late 90s, early 2000s. Um, when I was still working with Foot Tech, uh, ran into a gentleman from the States who worked in the furniture industry. And he actually was there, you know, at that point in time, I think a lot of the manufacturing overall was moving, you know, from different places that it normally was in the States over, you know, to, to China in particular. He actually had an apartment, you know, in, in I think it was uh, uh, Dongguan City. And actually, I think he, if I remember correctly, you know, I kind of, I ran into him like four or five times. He was, uh, oh, wow. he, really liked, he really liked his karaoke. And um, I think he, <laughs> actually, uh, he actually had, you know, an, an Asian girlfriend at the time. And 
I think you know, the last time I saw him, they were getting kind of serious because he was there for six, eight months stints because of the manufacturing schedules from the furniture side. And, you know, he had a, you know, a car and a personal driver. So there was opportunities to kind of go out and um, on, on the town, so to speak, you know, with somebody, you know, who you could have a different kind of experience with, maybe similar to what you do in a social way back in the States, um, but in that in unique environment. You know, so you, you can definitely say he, he definitely became much more immersed. You could say, you know, he wasn't just there in business. He he was really living there. He immersed himself and yeah. he really got a good solid foundation of what it of what it was like there. And he, you know, it sounded like he assimilated quite well. Yeah, I think that he, you know, not unlike your experience, I think that, you know, he he really connected to it, probably because it was the nature of his job. But I think after time to the uh, after a certain point, you know, he you know, he, he connected with, you know, the culture and, you know, not, all, not just the business situation that he had, but he connected with it to the extent that he started developing friendships and even romantic relationships with, uh, you know, people that were actually citizens of China. So that was interesting to talk about those stories um, and, you know, how they kind of affected him. I'm not sure, I lost track of him after a while. We had, you know, a couple of, you know, interactions just kind of saying hey how you doing that kind of thing after we kind of saw each other over there in China the last time but it, it was it was still t it was good to be able to have I guess that that kind of the stability that comes along with having someone um, who you can relate to in a different way but in that unique environment you know being no no it's 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 very important to have people to have people that would you know that maybe they're not necessarily always there but they're there and they're more of a consistency factor when you travel and you can you can meet up with them you can spend time with them and it's, it's kind of nice it makes the experience better and if you and it could be other foreigners it could be you know people in the country you're going to all those all of that adds more more depth to your to your travels and also i think it really opens up a lot of opportunities as we've kind of delved into before yeah, and it, it's it, there was there was times with him and maybe I think one or two other people we actually got you know our liaisons involved in some of the social activities and things on the weekends. So there was an opportunity to be able to see and observe how other pe business people develop their relationships with you know their partners, their Asian partners, whether Taiwanese or Chinese. So I can remember a couple of different times um, towards the end of my experience of going over there. You know where you would you had people who weren't in the same industry they were still in manufacturing but um you also had you know their their asian partners and <clears throat> you end up going out to dinner and over to you know someone's residence or whatever that weren't connected to what you actually did so it, it, it expanded that you got uh, to see the similarities and differences between how these people interacted, you know, how their particular business environment was either the same or different than your own. And it really gave me some insight into a lot of the stuff that I had developed and did and kind of gave some credence and some validity to the ways in which those relationships developed. So that was really good to be able to observe and interact with. No, no, that's, no, that, and that's, you know, I think all those things are important 
And the, the more interactions you get and the more you do it, the more appreciation you build. And also the more knowledge you build up, especially kind of interaction and, you know, not just with you and, and the locals, but other business people, it really can build a, a much stronger, much stronger relationship. But also I'd say just better, better experiences and better and build up, build up more potential connections and avenues to get to know people. Yeah. It's, it's good that I think it's important that you mentioned connections too, because, you know, some of the things that I ended up doing later on, even though they were connected with, uh, with the folks that I had the most interactions with, it was, you know, there was opportunities, whether they actually developed into any kind of, you know, they didn't solid necessarily solidify into anything, but the networking, which is so important over there. Um, and that is important over here too, but it's just stylized to the Asian process, you know, mm -hmm. kind of gave you a little bit more of, or of an insight and connectedness to, um, how other people were, were leveraging that in similar or different ways. Oh, no, that, no. And, you know, you definitely have a little more experience on that with the business side of things, but I definitely have seen that more on the education and education side of things having both studied and gone there for uh for work regarding educational related things so i definitely can see it it's just it may manifest differently but the process and kind of the goals are the same yeah there was a another cool experience that uh it was in taiwan at the evergreen hotel there in taichung which was one of the first i think in the it was i think it was built if i remember correctly i think it was built probably in the early 90s because I had switched from Elon Polo to, to foot tech when I moved down to, to Florida. And, um, you know, Elon Polo had a little bit more of a budget concerns about travel expenses where foot tech was a little bit more liberal. So I got to stay at that particular hotel and it was considered, you know, the, the premier place to stay evergreen, you know, there's that shipping company, they have the airlines, you know, they're, they're a big, uh, bigger Taiwanese company that has its, you know, its fingers in a lot of different, you know, pies in the business world there. But that particular hotel was brand new. It was quite nice. Stayed there a number of times in my, in my foot tech days from like 96 through, you know, right around 2000. But um, ran into a, a gentleman from Germany because that was, you'd run into a lot of folks. A lot of the, you know, businessmen would go down to the bar and um, and the evergreen hotel also had a cigar bar so it was they had the, the regular bar and they had an area where they had live music on the weekends kind of their main lobby area because uh, a lot of the buildings over there um, especially in Hong Kong but also imitated or you know recreated in, in Taiwan and some of the other countries where you'd have like the first you know several floors were like um, you know, they were like shops, clothing shops, perfume shops, things like that. And then yeah, they so would have like offices. And then I think it was like the 12th floor. Or so in the Evergreen Hotel where it was actually the hotel lobby. And, you know, they had a restaurant, uh, a couple restaurants there. And then they had the you know, kind of bar area and the cigar bar, which is pretty nice because they, they spent a lot of money in making that place look very much like, you know, um, you know, a high class kind of uh, oh, for sure. place for where, sure place where business like people, very, and it was like a business tanks. club type thing. And they had a huge uh, humidor with, you know, all these, you know, Cuban cigars, which you couldn't get, you know, in the United oh, States wow. in the same way. So, um, 
ran into a, a gentleman from Germany who was, um, I think he, he was, if I remember correctly, it was a while ago, so my memory might not be 100%, but I'm pretty sure that he was uh, somehow involved in, um, you know, with the, you know, the automobile industry in Germany. And Taiwan was unique because they had all the major brand labels there, but they were very limited because of not only the size of, you know, the island of Taiwan, but also the tariffs were really high. So I don't remember exactly if he was involved, you know, with BMW or uh, Mercedes Benz or Porsche or something like that, but ended up getting in a really cool conversation with him about cars. And you remember, you know, my childhood friend, Pete Reuter, Yes. You know, kind of gave me a little bit of an introductory kind of element over the course that, you know, we were hanging out together about, you know, cars. So I kind of had a little bit of a leg to stand on. We were talking about, you know, different lines of Porsche cars, you know, that weren't around anymore. I think for some reason it comes about the 930 comes into my mind. And we had a, you know, interesting discussion about, you know, his industry and what he was, what he was there for. Again, if my memory serves me correctly, he was somehow you know, involved in, you know, maybe more of the negotiation of, of tariffs and how, you know, automobiles from, you know, Germany in particular would come in you know, because it was a, you know, it's a pretty, you know, a pretty selective market, you know, and really only applied to people who were able to purchase automobiles from, you know, high-end automobiles um, from Germany that, you know, had the ability financially to do so. So that was that was a, that was an encounter that I that I uh, that I remember you know, you know I, I, even though we both were uh, I think we drank a lot that night but <laughs> it uh, it um, it was uh, it was still very memorable in terms of experience and kind of just talked about you know what he did when he was down there and and again I don't have a real clear memory of exactly what it was but. Um, but I'm that's sure it actually thing. maybe helped you a lot because it, as I remember, you eventually moved more in, into, into the car industry and started doing business with cars. We so. started doing that with some folks that were connected, that I was connected to in the shoe industry. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the market um, kind of turned and it didn't really last that long. You know, it could have been quite lucrative, but it was more at the middle tier. It wasn't the kind of brand name cars. So that particular part of the market, you know, was affected a lot by you know, how those companies would lobby, you know, the Taiwanese government, you know, in terms of tariffs. And it just kind of became really not viable anymore, unfortunately. But it was still a good experience. But um, that was quite prior to when that happened. I mean, that was a, probably a decade before I kind of tried my hand at that. Yeah, but I could see how it kind of maybe get, gave you some ideas or potential things that you could potentially you could have used later on if, if if they were just you know fleeting. They were just some you know potential some embers you could say. Yeah, yeah, I think that was maybe a foreshadowing more so than anything else. But it was still interesting. Um, and then there was a British gentleman that I ran into a couple times um, in in China, and I don't remember what industry he was in, but he he was very interested in talking about politics kind of alluded to it earlier and but uh you know those questions were interesting set aside from any you know the business type of discussions that were had it was more so well what's going on in your country what's going on in your country so we've talked about this before getting perspectives from people you know from europe or the uk or whatever in that environment 
kind of lends itself to maybe a little bit more of an openness, a little bit more of a kind of a direct communication about, you know, what your personal feelings, whether conservative or liberal, whatever it would be. And then someone else's perspective who doesn't live there, but has, you know, unique and interesting questions about why things are happening in a particular way. So it was, yeah, I think, it was I also expanding. Really I think you made a really good point there in that, when you inter when you meet people from other countries and you do you know wander into the realm of politics and you know what's going on in your country versus what's going on in mine, I think it's really interesting because you may get experiences and uh, I would say different perspectives and ideas on what people from different countries think that you may not get from other people in your home country. Like you know if you meet other Americans here but you meet yeah. from China, Europe, you're not going to get potentially the same points of view on the thing, on, on any issue you're discussing. And I think that's important because you won't get, you won't get that unless you meet those people. And, you know, there might be right. a lot of things shared, but I found from my own experiences that there's a lot of things that we think about how the way we think about it is not how they think about it. And I think it's that's important correct. that you have to get a sense of that. And it really makes you think, you know, like, Oh, I never thought about this issue in that way or vice versa. If they talk, if they ask, if they want your opinion about maybe their situation, you could think of it, and they may think, "Oh, I never thought about that way either." So I think yeah. that's a very important thing. And as long as you don't get too heated or too emotional about it, which unfortunately a lot of people do, especially these days, <laughs> from my own my own experiences, I think that's very useful, and it can really give you a lot of good insight. And also, I think it helps you become a better communicator. Yes, I agree. I think that's the real root of that whole element. It even becomes more interesting. If you have some of your, you know, Asian associates or partners involved in those conversations too, because they can, they can, you know, then they can put their own spin on that as well as kind of, well, in Taiwan, this is kind of go, how it goes down. And there's the famous kind of YouTube videos that you can pull up, you know, of the Taiwan parliament, you know, beating each other up, you know, and what's that all about? We don't see that necessarily in the U.S. or other parts of the world, but so what's that all about? You know, that kind of thing. So I remember the first time I saw it on just local TV and I was, I was like taken aback for a moment. It was like pause for, you know, cause for a pause. I was like, well, are they actually hitting each other? But yeah, yeah, they were, they, they passions are run high and they wouldn't hold back, which is interesting because in a lot of ways over there, they they tend to be a little more reserved, but, I guess when it comes to certain things, politics being one, you know, they, they don't hold back. <laughs> no, I think a lot of places sometimes, that, you know, it, you know, as with anything, politics, a lot, it, depending on people's constitution, it really it, it affects them in different ways. And especially, you know, and tensions run high and things can happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, but it's a totally different manifestation of that um, in Asia, at least in Taiwan, that I've seen anywhere else I've been in the world and especially in the United States. I mean, people, people can yell each other and accuse each other of things like that, but they don't come to blows usually. At least I, I can't mean, remember a recent situation that's in the government, not necessarily outside. The government. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Important to clarify that. Yeah. And I think that, and I think you really touched on this and kind of going to our third point, it's how it, how it's, how this has affected business outcomes. And, you kind of already demonstrated that 
it gave you a lot of insight, perspective, and, and new and new uh, ideas on things. But would you say there were any like any specific like business deals or any outcomes that were in large part because of them, or not so much? I would say business deals wise, not so much, except for some of the examples that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, where there were people that were actually buyers; they weren't part of a company like I was a part of. And that lended itself to things that ended up happening a little bit differently back, you know, in North America. But I guess, and again, you touched on it before. I think that the real benefit of that was, you know, perspectives and the ability, ability to communicate across different perspectives that then helped me in, increase the skill set of my ability to communicate with a larger variety of people, you know, not just necessarily from the standpoint of Asian or American or European, you know, or British or what, or, or whatnot, it was more being able to bridge those communication gaps or come up with an opportunity to, to have a, a conversation that I wouldn't necessarily be able to have if I hadn't had those experiences. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, no, completely agree with you. And I think that in many cases, you can could, you could go to say that when you do travel overseas to a certain country, you know, you meet the locals there, but in many cases, you can get a bit of a microcosm of different people from around the world because other business people there or just people traveling, you can meet them and you get a sense of people's perspectives from who knows how many countries. Yeah, and if they do something similar in their communication, do they recognize the same, you know, qualities and attributes that work from a communication perspective? Do they things, do they do things differently? I think that for myself, that's kind of what I gained a lot out of those interactions, however social, they were mostly social, you know, was the ability to be able to see things from a different perspective, but also to see the similarities, you know, that I was kind of on the right track towards, you know, a greater communication across the board. No, no, and that makes total sense. And I completely agree with you on that. I think the more people from the, the more people from more countries you interact with, build relationships with, relationships with, et cetera, the better communicator you're going to be and the more able you are going to be to understand people and think from their point of view, not necessarily, you know, agree with it, but understand and think from their point of view, which a lot of people, I think, if the, it's not that they can't do it, they, don't, they haven't had the opportunity to explore that. That's right. And you talk about understanding and understanding is a really critical part of that process because, um, it gives you, again, the perspectives that we talked about, but it also gives you the ability to be able to kind of transcend, you know, some of the things that, as you said before, didn't really get a chance to be able to, you know, to consider. Exactly. No, and I, you know, I completely agree. And I just wish more people would, would have the opportunity to do that and, you know, and be able to expand upon that because it's just sad when you see a lot of people that they make assumptions about things or they, you know, go places they don't they it, you know it's, it's just kind of it's sad and it's also like they, they could really expand themselves but w w do they give themselves the opportunity now not, not saying everyone has the opportunity a lot of people just don't have the opportunity or they are in a, they're in a perfect profession or situation where they can't do that but those who do you know it's my hope that they would do the best to you know have an open mind learn learn from everyone they met and not you know not stick to their thoughts, beliefs, and values, you know, too strictly. I mean, we have to abide by them, but at the same time, allow for a little understanding and, you know, you know, cause for contemplation or, you know, 
what's a good word, you know, re recollection about potentially what you can learn and how you can learn new things and apply that to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it creates a greater level of connection and the ability to be able to kind of bridge stuff. If you have a familiarity with a particular perspective from Europe, even though similar to the U.S., it, it again adds to that. And this is something that's kind of been a theme through a lot of different podcasts that we've done is the expansion of your ability to be able to think across different cultural barriers or boundaries or recognize more specifically that those boundaries aren't really what you thought they were before. Oh, no, completely true. And I want to, you know, I think it's important that we keep exploring that and we keep bringing that to people's attention that that is something that anyone can do. And if they have the opportunity, they should do it and they can really get a lot of benefit from that and not just from yeah, themselves or others. Yeah. It also, it, it, it creates your person or your personality as an example of how that's done. So even those who haven't had an opportunity to have those experiences and do those things, you know, they, they can then inquire, you know, how, how, how are you such a good communicator? How, you know, how are, you know, how did you come to this particular point? And that gives you an opportunity to, by your example and your explanations to them, your ability to get them to understand, you know, how you got there, you know, that then really lends itself to kind of a broader perspective and for, um, you know, ability to be able to, to communicate in general. No, for sure. And with that, that kind of brings us to our last point for this episode, and that would be your, what would you say would be some of your lasting impressions that you've taken away from these other um, foreign business types that you've met while overseas in the Far East? Well, I think the, the first thing is that they, they were engaged in the same type of process that I was to a greater or lesser extent. You know, they had um, business responsibilities, things that they needed to do over their objectives, but they were also struggling, being challenged by and overcoming the ability to be able to work in that environment effectively. So that was the first thing. The second thing that, you know, to a greater or lesser extent, they were interested or became interested in the culture and how it was different or similar, you know, to their own. So they were bridging those gaps internally and personally. And I think the last thing was that and again, this is a trend we've talked about in a lot of these podcasts, you know, was that when you get immersed to whatever extent in that environment, you know, you, you yourself become a different person or at least more of your natural self is able to come out in a way that kind of transcends those um, cultural, you know, or ethnic or whatever it be boundaries and the world becomes a larger, but at the same time, a more understandable place. Exactly. At the end of the day, we're all humans and we all want this. We all strive for very similar things, if not the same things, depending on your perspective. Yeah. So I would say those are probably the, the biggest things that I recognized or observed um, in the interactions with people um, that weren't native to, the, to those Asian countries. I see. Well, then that's great perspective, Dad. And I think that, you know, anything we do or places we go, we always, we always get impressions from it. But from this experience, since, you know, this was kind of a phase in your life, you know, for nearly 20 years, it really did give you a lot of opportunity to meet people and come away with a lot of good knowledge information that you're able to use now in your, in your, uh, in your current business situation and career. But um, yeah, it definitely expanded my skill set, my ability to be able to apply that, you know, to pretty much any situation or business 
or job related thing that I would have. No, for sure. For sure. Linda, and uh, would you say would there would be anything else you, you came away with or was that pretty, or were those pretty much kind of the main, the main points would you, would you say? I would say those are the main points. Those are the, were the most important things. I mean, obviously it was great to be able to run into people from different countries that weren't Asian. Um, and that experience in of itself, you know, mostly from a social level was, you know, very fulfilling and, you know, had it, it's the aspect aspects of it um, that gave you the flavor of where they were from and why they were there. But no, those three things were the primary things I took away from it. Well, that's awesome, Dad. And I'm really glad that you were able to kind of encapsulate a lot of these ideas into our discussion this evening. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you being on again. It's always insightful talking to you about the about these experiences. And I hope that everyone who listened today gets a lot of good uh, insight and expertise um, from what you discuss, primarily with, you know, what it's like to meet other foreign business types while you're overseas in a certain country. And it kind of adds a level, le an additional layer of complexity and, and interest in whatever you're doing, regardless of the industry you're doing. So, um, Dad, I just want to say thanks again for being on tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, for everyone Thank who you. listened, if you guys have thoughts, suggestions, comments, feel free to leave us a comment at international immersion at uh, podcast at gmail.com. And we'll gladly take any ideas or suggestions into consideration for future content. And uh, this has been another episode of International Immersion. Everyone who's dealing with COVID right now, please stay safe, take care of yourself. We'll get through this pandemic and back to back to traveling and exploring this great world of ours. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the opportunity. Same here, Dad.